Hello and welcome to the Relationship Anxiety Podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel, and today we're talking about trust. Hi friends, what's up? Welcome to the podcast today. Today we are doing a much needed episode on trust. I haven't dove into trust much yet, but this is a topic I think is so huge. Um, I think when we're dealing with anxiety around questioning if we're good enough for our partner and worrying about getting cheated on, that it's very, very easy to struggle with trusting our partner. And I think on the flip side, those of us that are more, you know, questioning ourselves and our ability to make decisions or if we really love our partner, um, more struggle with the aspect of self-trust, trusting ourselves to move forward in a decision. Today, I'm going to be talking about it very much in light with the idea of trusting another person. But if you fall in the bucket of struggling to trust yourself and feel fairly confident in trusting your partner, stay tuned and keep an ear out for what you can learn about trust and how to trust yourself more. Now, before we dive all into it, I have to do listener shout out. So this one is from Miss Hodge and she wrote, I've been listening to your podcast for over a year now. And let me tell you, it was a game changer in the months leading up to my wedding. I absolutely love how you normalize relationship anxiety. It helped me so much in my darkest moments and I know it's helping so many others. Thank you so much for that sweet review and congratulations on the wedding. Um, so glad that you've been able to have this as a resource and thank you so much to those of you who have taken the time to leave a review. And if you haven't yet, take the time to write a little bit because it really does help people who are experiencing relationship anxiety find this podcast as well as knowing they're not alone. So let's talk about trust. What is trust? I actually looked up the definition and trust is belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone. So when we are trusting our partner, we are believing that they are reliable. It's a belief. You do not know 100% that they're reliable. You're believing in it. You're trusting in it. Trust requires an element of risk. We don't know absolutely for sure. If we were omnipotent (laughs) and we could know absolutely everything our partner was doing at all times, or if we knew absolutely everything that would be the outcome of all of our decisions in life, then it wouldn't require any trust at all because we would just know. We wouldn't have to believe they're reliable. We would just know for sure they were reliable. So in order to trust, it requires taking on some risk. Now, we may not want to trust because it feels safer to not. When we trust, we are creating vulnerability within ourselves. We are opening ourselves up to the possibility of getting hurt. Um, We may try to, like it might 
be playing it safe, essentially. If we choose not to trust, then we don't expose ourselves up to as much hurt. So if you want to really make sure you don't get cheated on, the one way to guarantee that never happens is to never be in a relationship. If you're never dating anyone, they can't cheat on you, right? If you want to make sure you never get divorced, don't get married. When we are choosing to trust someone, there is a natural element of vulnerability and we're opening ourselves up to that possibility of getting hurt. And that could mean not only the emotional heartbreak, it could also mean feeling stupid, right? And feeling regret and wondering what others might think about you if you get hurt again. And again, feeling more stupid. (laughs) And so withholding trust a lot of times for us feels like a protective mechanism. And survivally, I think this actually is useful because there are situations where trust might not be the right move. So for example, if you're face to face with a tiger, you might not want to choose to trust that the tiger is not going to eat you. That is probably not the safest option for you. It's best to probably distrust the tiger and try to get away. If we have a strange man who is offering candy to kids and riding in their van, in his van, he's saying, hey, come hop in, kids. That guy, we probably don't want to trust. Or maybe even just on a smaller level (laughs) than a tiger or a man, you know, with luring kids with candy. Even just thinking of maybe you have a friend who consistently will share your secrets if you confide in them. That is a friend that you maybe have learned you can't trust with secrets. I mean, you could continue to, but the past has shown, okay, if I do that, I'm opening myself up to, she's probably going to tell other people. So you may or may not continue that friendship, but you likely, if you do, will redefine it, which is, this is not a friend I trust with those secrets. (laughs) My level of trust is going to be a little bit lower here. And I think we have a scale of trust where there are situations where we know absolutely zero trust at all, (laughs) not trusting the guy in the van with the candy, to, uh, okay, here is someone that I am trusting absolutely everything with. I would put my life in their hands. And then we have a whole spectrum in between that of how much we trust her. I'm like, I absolutely put my life in in their hands. I trust them 100% to, yeah, there's no way. (laughs) And I think we don't generally, unless there's absolute danger, um, really fall on the extreme ends of that spectrum. It's more within the middle with most of our human relationships where there is this element of we're not exactly sure. And if we have had a past of getting hurt, we might lean towards the side of being distrusting. So if we, um, in past relationships, have consistently been cheated on or lied to, then it makes sense that we are anticipating that here that we might want to withhold trust because we're thinking 
that that outcome is likely. If we look at trust almost like a probability of we're kind of making a bet of here's the likelihood I think that this outcome is going to happen. So like if I say I trust my partner to go get groceries today is I think the likelihood of him following through and doing that thing that he said is pretty high. Doesn't give me an absolute guarantee until he comes home with the groceries. I still don't know for sure, but I trust that. Um, based on past experience, right? He's shown me before that he'll consistently follow through on that. And if we in past relationships have had that experience of being cheated on or lied to, that we might think that is more likely than not. Even if our current partner has proven himself or herself to be safe and to be reliable, our past experience might argue otherwise. And on our spectrum of from 100% trusting them with your life to not at all, I'm not safe here, we as humans generally tend to lean towards the not as safe side because our brain would rather err on the side of caution just to be extra safe, to make sure we stay alive, rather than be a little too forgiving, a little too open with our trust, and then regret it later on. So especially if you've had those past experiences, we are going to be even more inclined to lean toward that side even when it's not necessary, even when there really isn't danger. Because our brain has this misconception that the likelihood of that happening is higher than it actually is. Almost think if you've ever had a um, a game in school where you like are doing statistics and you're like, okay, what's the probability of me drawing a red M&M out of this bag? Or what's the probability of me rolling a six on the dice? The, say with the dice, your odds of rolling a six are one in six. That's the chances of rolling that. Now, if you keep rolling sixes, that's just luck. And we aren't actually like more likely to get a six the next time, but you might start thinking, oh, I bet I'm going to get a six <laughs> just because we're using that past to predict our future. It's just as likely that we roll a two the next time. But we are thinking the odds of the six are higher because we're using that past data. So even though this relationship might be totally safe, you're wanting to use that past data with that not so great luck as evidence for the future. And naturally, if your brain thinks that there is that threat eminent in the future, it's going to happen, we're not going to want to trust. We're not going to want to be vulnerable. We're not going to want to expose ourselves. Now, why do we want to trust? Trust is essential to having greater intimacy with your partner, to having deeper connection. If we're not willing to be vulnerable, if we're not willing to trust them, it's going to limit the level of depth in our relationship. So if you think about that friend who you know she's probably going to share your secrets, you, you only open up to her about things that you're okay with people knowing, you're probably only going to be so close to that friend. 
you're probably not going to feel this intense level of vulnerability and safety and connection with her. You are going to have a more surface level relationship. Versus a friend that you know, okay, I can open up about all of these different things. I can share what's going on in my heart and mind, and I don't have to worry about her going around and telling anyone. That friend we're likely going to feel closer with. We're going to feel more safe and secure. So that aspect of trust allows us to deepen that friendship even more. So we're closer to that side of the scale of I trust them 100%. And again, I think it's very unlikely for us to really get to that 100% side of the scale because naturally as humans, there's going to be a part of us that is a little bit scared and always wants to protect us. But we're going to have a much higher amount of trust for that friend. And therefore, that equates to a deeper relationship and more feelings of safety and security, which ultimately is what you're wanting in this relationship. If you're wanting connection, you're wanting love, you're wanting safety and security, then it's going to require being willing to trust. It's going to require letting go of that intense desire to protect yourself at all cost. And the irony of this is that when we really, really want to protect ourselves, A lot of times what that looks like is we start reading into scenarios. We start imagining how things have gone wrong. We start um, questioning our partner about every little thing that they said and did. We start reading through their text. So we do these things in order to kind of create an illusion of trust when really like we're not trusting them. And we actually feel even less safe and secure when we're doing those things. So we're creating more pain for ourselves. As much as we are wanting that sense of safety and trust and connection, we're wanting to feel that. The more we're trying to protect ourselves by engaging in those kind of behaviors, the less we actually tend to feel safe around our partner. So if you hear that and you're like, yes, That is what I want. I want to feel that safety. I want to feel that security. I want to trust them. I want to have a deeper connection. Here's what we need to do. First, you have to allow the level of trust to match where you are at in the relationship currently. So what that means is, if you're at a point where the relationship has just started out, Don't expect yourself to be really close to that 100% trust because it makes sense. You don't have full trust of that person. You're still learning about them. You're still collecting data. It's going to take time. If we have just gone on our first date, we don't need to be expecting ourselves to trust them to have a key to our apartment. We don't have enough data about them yet. That's not fair for us to expect. John Gottman says, trust is built in very small moments in which one person turns toward their partner when they're in need. When our partner responds positively by being there for us, that trust is built. So over time, as we deepen the relationship and we consistently see they're there for me, it allows us to deepen that trust. 
Now, it's important to not be in a hurry to look out for things and try to catch things. So trusting yourself of I'm going to identify things if they come up. And otherwise, I'm just going to watch this unfold. Now, if you're at a point where you have a little bit more data, you've been able to see their track record, is being able to calculate your risk. Now, when I talk about this, I want you to be cautious of us wanting to anxiously spin out and hurry and figure out right now (laughs) if they're going to cheat on us. No, that's probably your anxiety talking. So I think this is important to do in a moment of calm where we're a little bit more level-headed. We're willing to be honest with ourselves and not drastically exaggerate to one extreme or the other. And again, trust is a probability thing. So it's looking at, are the odds in our favor? Now, if you're in a moment of anxiety, your brain is going to lean drastically on the side of don't trust, don't trust, nothing's safe. So it's not going to be so accurate at calculating those odds. But in a moment of calm and more level-headedness, and maybe that's not right now, so, so don't do this in this moment if you know you're more anxious, but take a moment to assess is different factors, like are they consistently doing what they say they're going to do, especially with the things that matter, not like reading into little tiny things, but consistently the things that matter to you, we're communicating and they're happening. Is there a track record of your partner consistently cheating on other people? Are we seeing very clear signs like another woman's underwear being laid across the bedroom? They are exhibiting unsafe behaviors from physically um, being aggressive to like verbally saying things that are threatening. Um, Those are things that we can take into account to recognize, like, is this a person I can reasonably trust? If this person is consistently telling me one thing and he's doing something drastically in contrast to that, I know my odds or probability of being able to trust him are very low. So calculating that risk in a moment of low anxiety when we're feeling calm and we're feeling level-headed. Now, if you come to the conclusion of like, yeah, when I'm in a reasonable headspace, like it makes sense of like, I can trust this person. Then what's important to do is process moments of past hurt. So being willing to go there with a coach or if it was a really traumatic event for you, making sure you go see a therapist and processing the pain of it. So if you have been cheated on in several past relationships and you now are in a relationship that seems reasonably safe, is being willing to process that pain and hurt of past relationships that is skewing you more towards that side of not trusting because that is what you have learned in the past is relationships aren't safe. So being willing to process that pain or even the pain of if there was one moment where your partner did something that was hurtful to you. 
that you have chosen to let go of, that you've chosen the relationship still can continue, is how do you process that pain that has come up anyways? And so being willing to forgive the hurt of past relationships or within this one. Being willing to adjust what you took away from that. So we might have learned that love isn't safe or I will always get hurt or I can't trust anyone. And we have to readjust those beliefs that it's possible love is safe, that you are capable of being in a safe relationship, that you can trust yourself, that love can be safe as the two of you work to build it together. That maybe love was not safe for you in that situation, but you are safe now. So really helping yourself readjust those old beliefs. Then we have to be willing to put it back on ourselves, to own this is a me thing. Because we want to blame our partner so, so badly. We want to put this on them of they're the reason I'm feeling this. They're the reason, right? When we're in that fear mode, we just really want to like hurry and get out. And so a lot of times it looks like putting our finger at our, pointing our finger at our partner. So we have to be willing to pause and bring it back to us. When you feel that need to anxiously try to prove something's wrong or find something is bring it back to you. Instead of questioning your partner, instead of interrogating them or checking their phone or monitoring them, is bring it back to you. What's going on for me? What does this moment or situation bring up within me? What fears from my past are coming up? What insecurities am I making this mean about me? Rather than using your fear to propel you into hurrying and figuring out if something's wrong or you're not safe, is allow yourself to become instead curious and instead of going deeper into details to make sure your partner's not doing anything, is being willing to take a big breath, sit back, and go deeper within yourself. Use that curiosity, use that energy to understand yourself more rather than trying to make for sure 100% your partner isn't doing anything. And then the last thing you have to do is you have to let yourself risk getting hurt again. Yeah, that's right. After we've processed through that pain and worked on believing that we can be okay and safe to love, it still doesn't give us that guarantee that things are going to end up a certain way. It doesn't guarantee us we'll never get hurt or we'll never feel pain in the future. But trust means opening up to that risk, opening up to that vulnerability. So once we have calculated for that reasonable probability of, you know what, this is probably okay, is now we have to be willing to bridge the gap of that open person, the part of us that isn't 100% sure what's going to happen here. And that's where trust comes in. That's where faith is, is willingness to possibly have gotten it wrong. Willingness to feel heartbreak again, to feel hurt. 
and letting go of those behaviors that we're using to try and guarantee not getting hurt. Letting go of trying to check their phone all the time, asking for details of who they're with, what they were doing, where. Not reading into little text messages as much. We have to be willing to open ourselves up to that possible pain. That is the only way to really trust is we have to be okay with, yeah, I could get hurt again. And without that risk, there is no reward. If I'm not willing to risk getting heartbroken, then I will never get to fully experience love. If I'm not willing to risk getting hurt, I will never fully experience deep connection with another human being. And that connection and that love and that relationship is worth it to me. That I'm willing to expose myself to the possibility of getting hurt. Because what's on the other side is so much greater than any pain that I could possibly go through. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in today, you guys. Have a beautiful weekend. We'll talk next week. Bye.